And so I went to the ER doctor and I was like, is it broken? And you know what his response was? What do you think? And that just freaked me out because that's not the kind of response I was expecting from a doctor. Welcome to the Emotional Compass. This is Bodhi. And Abiel. So today's episode is all about choosing our words carefully or just being mindful about the words we say on a daily basis because that shapes our reality and shapes our experience. Totally. One of my favorite sayings is um, words were created so that we could lie to ourselves. No lie, period. Because body language can't lie. It's harder to lie through body language. But words have had an impact on how I view reality and also how I view myself. That's interesting. I hadn't realized how I had adopted limiting words in my life because my parents hadn't put the work to understand how words impact us or limit us. Hmm. So you naturally adopt your words from the communication that you get from an early age with your parents and your parents said that from their parents. And although you might do your best to understand words, you don't really know their implication until you start studying them and how they affect you emotionally and also your energetic system. Right. So I would say a long time ago, I read an, a very interesting book called Power Versus Force, The Hidden Determinants of Human Behavior um, by David R. Hawkins. And the book had this one chapter that was talking about like certain words that resonate or make your energetic system feel more powerful and then words that constrict and limit the flow. So that led into like an exploration on how I use words. So one of the words that I'd realized that was very inefficient was always and never. How, what do you mean by inefficient? I believe that the word always is inefficient because change is constant. So if I were to say, I never get to work on time. That's false. If you get to work on time once, then you can never, ever use that. <laughs> you can't again. say never because so you then, actually did it once. Exactly. So all of a sudden, that's the only application that I could say is I, I never could use that phrase ever again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I realize that I do that very often, especially like when I'm learning something new, like I never get this right. Well, I, there are times when if you like practice enough, you will get something right. Or I, you know, I never have a good date. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or I can never attract the right kind of partner. It's like, well, I have attracted good partners. They have been on the occasional bad apple, but I can't just create a absolute statement that negates it for the rest of my life. I guess that's what you're trying to say, right? Yeah. The other thing is, the more that you become aware of the words that you're using with yourself, you also start to create a better relationship with yourself. 
For instance, one of the things we were talking about earlier was nobody likes to be told what to do. Yeah, I don't like even telling myself what to do. <laughs> That's a fact. So instead of saying, I have to go to the gym, maybe say to yourself, I want to go to the gym. Or I'm, I'm feeling like it's a good day to go to the gym. Mm. But the, the commands of you have to never work. For instance, one of the things that is cracking me up, I got certified in hypnosis. And one of the funny things that we learned that was cracking us up was instead of telling kids what to do or anybody for that instance, it, you basically phrase that question of telling them, for instance, would you rather do your homework before TV or after TV? Right. It puts them in a loop. They don't know what to do. So, Yeah, because you're kind of giving them a choice. Boom. And you're giving them the illusion that they're in control, even though they're not, because you basically told them you have to do your homework. But you've given them that illusion of control, but that they now they have a choice to either do it before or after. But it's also very important to, to teach a child that they have choices. Right. The moment that a parent is dominating over that child, he takes away their will. Hmm. Interesting. And okay. as a parent, what you want to do is you want to show that child that his, cho his choice from his will is something that he needs to cultivate and have an understanding of what's good or bad for him and f for the people around him. Or her. Or her. Yeah. So choices are very important. And I believe that when we use words to accurately describe our reality, it creates a sense of congruency that changes and moves things a lot smoother. So the never and always are inaccurate because we live in a changing world. Right. Choices, accurate, because we always have the choice. Yeah, by, by using those words, you're making absolute statements and you're implying that those statements are true for the rest of your life, which is not true at all. Correct. One example that I can give is a word that became, or a phrase that became part of my vocabulary ever since I was a kid until very recently, which was, I am not good enough. And I had no idea that it was actually part of me Un until my therapist pointed that out. And not only did she point it out, but she said, she asked me the question, it's like, do you know how this is serving you? I'm like, no, this is hurting me. It's not serving me. She's like, no, at one point in your life, these words were serving you. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, think about it. Maybe you felt hurt and you developed this story that you're not good enough, but it kept you in that comfort zone and it prevented you from getting hurt again. Because when you tried and people told you you were not good enough, and so you just, it kept you cocooned in that comfort zone and prevented you from trying harder. Interesting. And so I had to work on that on myself where I took those words out of my vocabulary and anytime I would come across a situation where I would feel like I'm not good enough, I would reframe that and say, I'm strong enough to overcome this. 
and I can try hard enough to overcome this. And I had to really be mindful of never saying I'm not good enough. Well, in this case, never applies, you know. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that is very important also is the energy and emotion that you have when saying the word. Mm, Yeah. Words are so important with the right energy. So, for instance, you could say, what a beautiful day it is out there today. Or say, what a nice day. So, one of them is meaningful. The other one is just straight up sarcastic. So, the emotion, the intonation that you have with that word paints the picture. Words are not just words. They carry emotion. They carry pitch. They carry volume. They all are painting this whole picture. One of the craziest things that I learned through the hypnosis and the neurolinguistic programming lessons was that words are roughly 10 to 15% of the communication. The other 85% or 90% is nonverbal. Right. Wow. So when it comes to that, you know, holding your posture with shoulders back makes you feel good. I just sat up a little straight. (laughs) Taking a deep breath and being full and full chest and feeling confident makes those words vibrate and change. So how you hold yourself is really important. How you say the words really important. And the other thing that I wanted to talk about, whenever you attribute that posture, that feeling, and you say to yourself, I am beautiful. I am loved. I am peaceful. And you say it and you mean it. You're going to start believing those words. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think you're going into different realms of affirmation and intention. But I I want to touch back to what you said about neuro-linguistic programming or NLP because maybe a lot of people out there have never heard of that or have no idea what it is. Neuro-linguistic programming is a methodology that was created back in the 70s or 60s or something like that by Richard Bandler. Bandler and... John Griner. John Grinder. Bandler and... Bandler. Bandler and Grinder. <laughs> We're not trying to be dirty here. And... Um, Yeah, so his basic premise was neuro being the brain and linguistic being the language that we speak. It's basically programming and it leaves an impression on your subconscious. So to be mindful of the language you use to program your subconscious. Correct. And um, it's very fascinating. And you've, you've been certified in that and hypnosis. Correct. Basically, what they did was they started researching all the successful people. I know there was this one doctor that just through his communication and his ability to talk to the patients, um, their rates of recovery were way higher. I have a a little side story on the whole doctor thing that you mentioned. Um, Years ago, I had fractured my wrist and I ended up in the ER and... I had no idea I had fractured it. My my arm to my, well, you know, hand 
made like an S shape. I had no idea what was going on. I thought it was basically out of place or something. Obviously, there was something way wrong than that. And so I went to the ER doctor and I was like, is it broken? And you know what his response was? What do you think? And that just freaked me out because that's not the kind of response I was expecting from a doctor. I just wanted reassurance in that moment that everything is going to be okay. Wow, bedside manners could be a touchy subject. <laughs> <laughs> well, you brought up that whole doctor example and made me think of this because words are so powerful. They can either hurt a person or heal a person. And it can do the same to you. It can do the same to other people around you. Because I know like whenever I'm in a relationship, it's so tricky because when you're in that mood where both of you are kind of like on the edge and very irritable, anything you can say can set off the other person. That's the time where you have to be very mindful of the words that you're saying. But I feel like you should not even get to that point, right? You should start training and make yourself more disciplined to choose the right words all the time. So that especially when in your that situation where you're around people that are on edge or you are on edge, you don't end up saying the wrong things to set off the other person. Correct. Some of the words you might not want to use is, you never do the dishes. <laughs> you never take out the trash. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's important to take, to become aware of what words are you using. When you were talking about healing and the words, I believe that sometimes doctors cast out spells to their patients, especially when dealing with illnesses. And it causes them to, especially when somebody is in a place of authority, the words mean so much more. Like the placebo effect that heals you. And it's a sugar pill. Mm -hmm. I believe that words have that power of the sugar pill. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the, the other thing that I have personally noticed is that in, in a work setting, you know, especially with this whole virus stuff going on, um, you know, I was on a conference call, a video conference call with a coworker, and, uh, you know, obviously this has put a strain on everyone, especially people with kids having to homeschool their children. Um, you know, it's definitely put a strain on families and parents. And so when he came on the call, I was like, oh, you look tired. And as soon as those words left my mouth, I regretted it because that's the last thing he wanted to hear. He'd been working, you know, waking up early and working harder and then taking care of his family. He doesn't need to know that he's tired. He knows he's tired. And so immediately I gave him a compliment and that cheered him up. And yeah. And so, you know, words, words, words can be very destructive. Yes, they can. One of the things that you might consider doing is complimenting a person before you even talk to them. That will get them on your side and it will get the conversation going. Talk about something you admire about them or something that looks good on them or compliment them on their hair or their beauty. But really mean it. Sincerely. Sincerity. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, a long time ago, I heard about this technique called the compliment sandwich, <laughs> where if you want something out of someone, you compliment them, then you ask them the tough thing that you're going to ask them, and then you end it with a compliment. But obviously, you want to be sincere about this. You just don't want to use this technique just for the hell of it, so you can get your way. And I found, especially in relationships, this helps a lot. As long, once again, as long as you're being sincere. Correct. Yeah. Also, one of the things that is used a lot in sales is to get them to. What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> It's to get them to say yes as many times as possible. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so, isn't it a beautiful day out there today? It is. Yes. <laughs> For instance, uh, there was one example where a salesman knocks at the door and the owner opens the door and says, is this your home, sir? It's like, well, yes, it is. <laughs> 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 and... Uh, there, there's a word for this. It's called, oh, I forget, but basically getting them to say yes as many times right. will get them to say yes for the things you have to ask them to do. Right. Okay. Yeah. Don't use any of these techniques, <laughs> but going back to he- words can heal you and how they can have such a deep effect on your psyche because a lot of our decisions are arise out of our subconscious mind, which makes up like 90 to 95% of our mind anyway. Uh, Our waking or our conscious mind is like 5 to 10%. So it's really important that we use our conscious mind to program our subconscious mind and choose the right words. And over time, you will notice a huge difference in your attitude towards life, towards people, towards situations, how you react and respond to situations. From my experience, it's not the situations that bring you down. It's the response and reaction to a situation that brings you down. One thing that you might want to consider is write a little list of things that you admire about yourself and put those near a mirror where you might brush your teeth or first thing you see in the morning and by creating a little list of the things that you want to be more like and putting their putting them somewhere obvious and you see them all the time you don't even have to read them your subconscious is picking up on it yeah you'll start believing it and before you know it you're going to be the best possible self that you ever dreamed of just by doing a little bit every day that's a that's a really good technique. The other thing that I found powerful when I was actually when I was clinically depressed, I was doing this and I wasn't even aware of what I was doing. I started recording myself like on video. I didn't share this with anyone, but I just like started doing daily video recordings. And and I went back and analyzed how I was talking and the words that I was using. And you know, it's not that I was aware of like I'm doing NLP or something like that, but I knew the words that I was using and how I was talking, even my body language was affecting me mentally. And so I was basically doing an audit on myself. That's awesome. And and I started changing those patterns and habits. Of course, it took me months, but it really helped me a lot. That's a great example. I should do that right now. 
And I'm not clinically depressed at the moment. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, it became like a daily diary for me because I was not very keen on writing in a journal, but I, you know, I was very used to recording on video. So I was like, I'm just going to do a video diary of myself talking. And it made me realize, I was like, man, I am really, really down and out. Like, what is it about all of this that's going on that keeps perpetuating this cycle? And I was like, let me start making a little changes in the things that I'm saying and the story that I'm attaching myself to and my body language. You know, I had like uh, shaved my head and like grown out a beard and I was just like looking depressed. So I, I started from outward in. I started changing the way I looked and then my speech and my body language. And it definitely made a huge difference. Wow. That's great advice. I think anybody could use a little bit of that regardless of their mental health. Yeah, I agree. It's always, it's something that we are all addicted to is getting better, improving every day, doing a little bit at a time. It's that growth mindset. Yeah. So if you're out there and you're not in the place where you like to be, just know that just by starting with your words, you could start moving things little by little, one step at a time. Absolutely. So that's, that's basically your homework for the next week is do a self-audit. See where you're at. Look at the words that you're using. Are you using those words like never and always? If so, cut them out. Yeah. Are you, do you have any like negative self-talk behavior? Well, try to see if you can change them. Flip the script. You know, if you're, if you're always saying, I'm not good enough, see how you can flip that. Or if you're, if you have any negative self-talk, like I'm too fat or I'm too lazy, see how you can flip that. Because we are not too beyond repair any time in our life. It's just getting the motivation to do it. And, you know, the motivation also comes when you make that first step. Have compassion for yourself and know that you got to start at some point and it doesn't matter where you are. You could always get there. Absolutely. So this is Bodhi and Abiel. And please, please share this episode with as many people as you can. We're trying really hard to share the love. So go to your podcast app, uh, rate, review, subscribe. And uh, this is The Emotional Compass. Until next time.